Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, powered by SB Nation. Your host, Dave Sturchow, alongside one of the one of the premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com. That is Tony Catalita. Aiden Davis is on uh, on assignment, we'll say. We'll say we sent him out there to get the scoop on something. I don't know. What are we, what are we supposed to say about Aiden? Listen, he's he's out there. He's uh, gallivanting around the country right now. So. Yeah, yeah. I think he's enjoying spring break. He is a student, after all. You got to give him credit. Um, you know, literally and figuratively, as he tries to graduate and get out of there. Uh, but Aiden will be back next week. So the professor of blogging the boys with all his stats and then little tidbits and nuggets will be back next week. But look, man, we're here. It's now a week removed. I mean, as people are downloading this today on a Monday, it's been. A week since tampering began, right? So tampering begins. You start seeing things to flow. We all know how last week played out with the Randy Gregory situation. We had him for like a cup of coffee, and then we didn't, and he left, and it's over. Um, you know, we we know who we lost. The Cedric Wilsons of the world, the the Connor Williams of the world. These guys are skipping town, and just as of today, as we're um, recording this, Lyle Collins signs with the Cincinnati Bengals, the reigning defending AFC champion. So we're losing players left and right. And it wasn't until Friday we were the official 32nd team to sign a free agent outside of our own guys. Uh, and that comes in the form of two guys, actually. James Washington, who played wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Deontay Fowler, uh, edge rusher from the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So, Tony, your knee-jerk reaction to both of these signings first before we dissect the rest of the week. You know, um, if you're looking at the moves just as, you know, and just what they are, the Cowboys are signing these guys almost like they do every offseason where they, they kind of fill in some holes. You know, we'll see if they're going to be on the roster once cutdowns happen. Um, you feel good about something, like maybe the Cowboys can tap into a little something, but they fill in these positions so when it comes time to draft, they feel like they don't have to press or, you know, draft for need, and they can try to get themselves as close to best player available type of drafting strategy as they can. But, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm a little higher on James Washington than most people, but uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of what it feels like right now. They're trying to plug in, trying to you know try to get in the mix a little bit because, like you said, they were not at all until this point. Yeah, so both of these guys coming in, I, I I'm with you. I'm a little high on on James Washington right now. I think the guy was buried on the depth chart in Pittsburgh. I feel like you know you had your your stars over there. Juju Smith Schuster was over there, and obviously Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson kind of rose to the occasion. So Washington was like a lost guy, and I feel like he wasn't utilized enough. So maybe in this offense, 
And when the wide receiver position is an absolute need at this point, um, I think he addresses a need right away. And you don't have to look at pick 24 unless for whatever reason we have a CD Lamb situation where some, you know, one of the best receivers in the draft falls to us. I don't foresee that being a thing that they need. Now they address the edge rushing position by losing Randy Gregory. And obviously we know what happened with Demarcus Lawrence, the re-signing of that or the restructuring or whatever new contract, however you want to word it. You know, we have him and now you're looking at the other side. And earlier this week or later on in the week, Dorrance Armstrong finally agreed to terms to come on back to the Cowboys. And then you sprinkle in a um, not Jeremy Sprinkles back too, by the way, <laughs> but you sprinkle in, you know, uh, Deontay Fowler, a former Dan Quinn guy in Atlanta. So, like, you have now this uh, this little rotation going on here uh, for defensive end. Is that enough, do you think, or is the, do they really have to still continue to look at this position? Because I've, from what everybody is saying online, and, you know, the Twitterverse could be a, a nasty, nasty place. We wouldn't want anybody jumping ship to any other teams or anything like that. We wouldn't want any of that tomfoolery. <laughs> but I will say that a lot of people are saying this is not the play. Don't do this whole rotation thing. You need a solid, you know, defensive end opposite of, of uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Do you feel that way, too? I mean, I do feel like this team is doing their due diligence. I know that's one of oh, their key God. words. Did you really go there on that? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of their key words there. But at the same time, I think they are, and I and they shouldn't be done. And you know, we've heard uh, you didn't mention it there, but I know you know as well that they've been linked to Jason Pierre-Paul. Now, I don't know if that is the move that should be made or whatever. We feel about that being a 33-year-old guy with a torn rotator cuff, but at least they're looking at options. I think they know they bungled the Randy Gregory deal, and now they put them themselves in a little bit of a bind where I don't think they're okay with what they have currently. I think Micah Parsons position flexibility is one of his, his best traits is aspect where you don't want to pigeonhole him to do one thing. I know he's a, he has the possibility to be a great pass rusher, but you have to bring in bodies and hopefully they can bring in some people with a, when a winning pedigree, somebody that can actually help this team and be more than just a rotational piece at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously edge rusher is something that we have to keep our eye on heading into week two. And we'll get into our predictions and expectations for week two in, in a couple minutes. But I do want to go back to um, something that we read today. Uh, obviously, Keanu Neal is a free agent. He's walking right. He's now officially going back to I don't know why this is headline news, by the way. Uh, he's going back to playing safety. Great. You know, thanks for the life update. We appreciate it. But we don't you know, it doesn't matter to us. We're not bringing him back unless that's his play. You know, unless that's him saying like, hey, I'm going to play safety now. So if you want to bring me back as a safety, I'll play safe. I think the, the the trial was over. The hybrid thing just didn't work out. And that's fine. Keanu Neal's fine player, not knocking him. But because we lost him. Um, and obviously Micah Parsons being the kind of the hybrid that he is of, of not knowing exactly where he's going to be or where he's going to really, really, you know, plant his flag. You know, you look at the linebacker position right now for the Cowboys going into week two of free agency, they bring back Leighton Vander Esch, which by the way, when the money came back, I was like, okay, this, this works, you know, like this is a, this is the contract you needed to have for him from jump street. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. were to re-sign him or uh, do the fifth year option or whatever you wanted to do with him, I think this is a good, good price tag where he can earn up to a certain amount of money. But right off the rip, I don't think it's that big of a cap you know, thing. Um, and then obviously they bring back Luke Gifford, who's a big special teams guy. But obviously you know, the kid's gotten some reps, not a lot, but reps at linebacker. Does linebacker now, is that still an absolute need? Because there's one name out there that Cowboys Nation are going to bark for until something happens. And just based off of how I feel and what we've gone through as a fan base and people that have covered this team, you kind of get the feeling that 
you're going to get the news from Rappaport or Schefter or one of these guys are going to come like Bobby Wagner, which is obviously the guy we're talking about. You know, they're going to say Bobby Wagner has come to terms with the Steelers or something, you know, like just some random team that you didn't even think would be in play for him. We're going to lose out on him. If for whatever reason they lose out on Bobby Wagner, where is the linebacking core looking like uh, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys right now? I think it's uh, um, as close as the draft need can be. I mean, you look at, I, I don't know if you need it at 24, but it seems to be a pretty solid uh, linebacker draft across the board here. I think you can get somebody in, you know, one through four rounds that could be a productive player. But I think Bobby Wagner is a game-changing type of linebacker. I think, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, that type of Cowboys fan where like, oh, I would love that Bobby Wagner. Like, obviously, who wouldn't? Um, and I think also in his camp, I don't know if you knew this. I just found this out myself. He represents himself. And I think that's part of the why there's no uh, there's no leaky, uh, you know, loose lips in the media because it's only him and himself negotiation, you know, negotiating the things. So, um He's going to be one of those dudes that is going to either pop up and be like, hey, he's a cowboy or it's going to be some obscure team with a weird contract because a lot of these times when these players negotiate their own deals, they're not even the, the fine language and the print and those are a little funky sometimes. But, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. I'm very that's actually breaking news to me because I, I did not know that. So he's a Lamar Jackson. This whole thing like Lamar's yeah. representing himself where his mom is his agent or whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah, so, so I wonder if mama or Papa Wagner or Uncle Wagner is helping him out with this because. Right. I don't know if a guy of his caliber can just go out there solo like that. Like you would think right. like, people don't like agents all the time and it's because they're trying to get top dollar for their clients. You can't knock them for that. That's the business. But like, you know, you look at him and you think like you're such a high caliber, you know, high octane, high, you know, valued free agent that you would think that you would at least hire an agency, but I guess he doesn't want to give that 10% off the top. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the percentage is. He wants to keep it. So, <laughs> so I'll stay on that for a second. I mean, your expectation. Do you think the Dallas Cowboys, after every single move that these guys have made, as far as clearing cap space and, you know, trading away Amari Cooper, which, by the way, it really rubbed me the wrong way that he restructured like two days after a trade, which I'm sitting there like, well, you know, you're telling me that the Cowboys couldn't have done that. And that kind of leads me to believe that there was something else uh, with Amari Cooper, uh, which is unfortunate because I really thought he was one of the silent assassins of this team. But if there was some kind of riff or whatever between you know player and organization then i get the move um i really don't really i i don't get the move but <laughs> you know i'm trying i'm trying to make peace with it at least but anyway so they're clearing cap space and they're they're, they're making all these moves so now they're sitting on this pile of money and you know now they're just waiting and i don't know what they're waiting for do you actually think the cowboys are in on bobby wagner beyond the fit beyond the need, right? The Dan Quinn connection, the Cowboys need a linebacker that there are a lot of obvious parallels to and reasons why this team might be in on him. But another thing that I'm thinking, this is just my own theory of concocted. They bungled the Randy Gregory thing. They've been quiet, not really doing anything in free agency. I could see Jerry Jones stepping in and be like, watch, you think I don't have it anymore? Watch me flex my muscle. I'm going to bring B-Wags in here and he's going to make it and I still have it. Don't tell me Steven Jones is running the show. This is the move I'm making. So that, you know, that could be shot down as soon as we're done recording this he signs with somebody else but right. i just have a little funny feeling that uh, the, jerry might have one little trick up his sleeve yeah jerry jones obviously being uh kind of like second fiddle right now i think a lot of people are very angry bitter uh disturbed by a stephen jones thing which you know he's been he's been uh nicknamed a couple things over the course of the last couple of days i'm not going to get into it those you know those are the guys that that we not work for, but at least we try to we try to stay in their good graces. So I'm not going to repeat anything. 
But at the same time, it does seem like Stephen Jones has his his like almost like if you were like little brother, big brother. And like he's got his hand over Jerry's mouth and he's looking the other way like, all right, Jerry, you stay there. I'm going to do this. I'll figure all this cap thing out. And I don't know. He, he just to me, he seems like he's dropping the ball a little bit because every time you read about another free agent, uh, it's one thing to read about them, but then it's another thing to read about the number they signed for. And you're sitting there like, wait a minute. You know, if, if, if they sign for that, just like when I saw Zadarius Smith sign for X amount of dollars with Baltimore. And I think Zadarius Smith got scared off by the fact that Von Miller got the bag. So he was like, you know what? Hold on. <laughs> like, I'm worth more than this. Uh, and he backed out. So he's still out there. Uh, it's somebody that I would definitely entertain and definitely, um, you know, be interested in the Jonathan Pierre Paul thing. I'm sorry, Jason Pierre Paul thing. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, you know, he's burned us so many times as a giant. So it's just like hard for me to, I think he's a little bit more removed from the New York giants for me to accept him. You know, if he played for the giants last year, I would say like, nah, I'm not, I'm not down for that. <laughs> but the, the need is there. And for, as far as Bobby Wagner is concerned, it's just like, you're waiting for it to happen. Now that this, this is an interesting tidbit that you just threw out there that he represents himself because now, you know, those contracts are not like one page, like, Hey, here's your dollar amount uh, sign here. You know what I mean? It's very, very, and we learned a whole lot more this year or this week uh, rather about language in a contract. So, you know, that he's got to be going through and doing his quote as Cowboys love this due diligence, um, you know, (laughs) to, to figure out if the Cowboys are the fit. But if they miss out on Bobby Wagner, man, this fan base, which I feel like, and I put not a poll out on Twitter. I, I asked a question. I said, look, is this the angriest the, the fan base has ever been? Is this the most frustrated? So I posed that question to you. Is this the most frustrated you've ever been as a Cowboys fan? Like knowing that, you know, you've been through the glory days, you know, you've been through the lows, you've been through the somewhat highs of, of you know, big games and, and big moments in Cowboys history. But knowing that we've kind of gotten complacent and kind of gotten used to the fact that we're not players in free agency ever and i looked at their last their top signings for the last 10 years i believe greg hardy was their biggest acquisition in the last 10 years as far as money spent so that is like that paints you a picture that we're really not spenders and like there's like the cedric thorntons of the world like these are which i know rj loves i think i think rj always refers to cedric thornton but uh, you know are you as frustrated as the rest of this fan base um Possibly more. And oh, I, and I, okay. you know, honestly, because, off, <laughs> you know, and I, and I say that maybe I take it back a little bit. Um, I don't think I'm so unique that like I'm above group think in this estimate. So when I say how I feel, I think it's pretty much the pulse of Cowboys nation. Cause I think I'm, I'm pretty uh, in touch with every, what everybody else is feeling frustrated. This is the most frustrated off season that I can remember. Um, I think I tweeted it out uh, a couple couple days ago i was just like i don't know if i've been more frustrated you know just what every move they made it seems like every single week there's been something with this team you know whether it be off field or negotiations with randy gregory like i just i've had such a constant bad taste in my mouth since the dak prescott slide it's and it's gotten worse from that moment like it really has it's continued and you nobody and i think you would agree with me i don't think anybody would sit here and think we're a better football team than we were in that first round of the playoff game. We've progressively gotten worse as a team since the season ended. And if we can see that as fans and people who cover the team, right? The what is the what's the mindset and the mentality of the Joneses? Like we're watching this team. If you look at the team that couldn't get the job done in San Francisco and you remove their wide receiver one, their right tackle, their right defensive end, like how do you look at this team right now and say 
oh, well, you know, we'll be fine. You know, and, and this is the, the the theory that I have, and not so much a theory, but I look at I look at the NFC as a whole. And if you look at this, bro, if you look at free agency, the world is going to the AFC, the world. Like, everybody's going to the, the AFC West should be its own league at this point, considering Crazy. how many moves they made. Right, it's insane. So you look at the NFC as a whole, you know, Rodgers makes his little comeback, right? And he's like, I'm back. Okay, how about this? We're going to take away your best weapon now. Good luck, Packers. And I think they're going to be, they're still going to be fine. Um, not as good, but like, you know, I, I still think Rodgers gets it, uh, gets it done in the North. But then you look at a team like, you know, obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. They got Tom Brady back, right? He comes back. But outside of those two teams, I'm looking at the NFC and I'm just like, dude, you know, what if those two teams play each other? You're like, you, the path to the Super Bowl, you know, Dallas is contenders, right? Like, and that's like without even, that's blindly saying that without even a, a remote thought of, of negativity, right? No, but without but question. You, but do you think that's the mentality? Like Dallas is like, look, we got enough talent alone right now to be where we were last year. It's just a matter of getting over that hump. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think, you know, ultimately, I think this team is they're so worried about winning the negotiation. They almost forget that the name of the game is to win football games. And so, you know, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are sitting here saying, you know, we're going to nickel and dime these guys. And, you know, you want to come to the Cowboys because look what we do. We're a franchise that is, you know, you're going to come here and you're going to prosper. You're going to be a star. And it's like it almost seems like these guys get loose or leave the Cowboys and end up prospering, which you, you know, you hear about lesser franchises that kind of deal with that. The people that leave the Jaguars are supposed to go, you know, prosper not leave the Dallas Cowboys. So it's, uh, it's tough. This team does have talent. I mean, they're not devoid of talent. They have guys that can make plays, but they are worse than the team that got bounced in the first round last year. And, you know, maybe the Randy Gregory situation, we'd probably feel a little bit better if that went uh, in a better direction. But now we're playing catch up with the rest of the league. I mean, right now there's five or six, maybe seven teams in the AFC that could beat us. Not to mention, you know, Tom Brady's back, like you said. Aaron Rodgers is always a threat. Within our conference, we could do damage. But, like, why would we, like, settle for being worse while everybody else is going for it like we're just trying to win contracts instead of win games and that's really frustrating right and i think it was i think it was rj who put out a tweet um a picture and it was like a banner with like pie right next to the super bowl champion like it, it, it almost seems as if the dallas cowboys are super duper proud of of being you know this this caps friendly team that they've done enough of their research and they've done enough moves where all of a sudden Yes, they're under the cap. Yes, they have money. Look at us now. And, and it's like, okay, great. Now go spend it, right? And, and I think this is the problem. The, the Dallas Cowboys always do this. Like when the big free agents start to sign in that first week, which is fine, like they're going to get their bags. And some of those contracts, honestly, I wanted Von Miller. But when I saw the deal, I said, all right, you know what? Never mind. Right? right. Like I would have never in a million years, because if he would have signed for that, we all would have been saying, like, wait a minute, you know, that's <laughs> not the Von Miller that we wanted. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't want trillion dollar Von Miller. We wanted, like, hey, you're on the back end of 30, you know, that Von Miller. Look, <laughs> he's still effective. He's coming off a Super Bowl win. Good for him. He got the bag. 
But like, you know, the rest of these guys that are out there, I don't know the price for Bobby Wagner. We don't know the price for a Tyron Matthew. And that leads me to my next thing. I think every day for the last week, I've seen multiple, a plethora of please re-sign J. Ron Curse. What in the hell is going on with that situation? Do you know anything from the from the writer's perspective? Because all I got is obviously I go through, you know, the sources that I have and the, the guys that I talk to. But, like, there's got to be something more. Like, why isn't this getting done? And then, of course, you know, the, the Cowboys fan base is dissecting every single tweet the guy puts out. He could say, like, good morning, the sun is shining. And they're like, oh, my God, you know what that means, right? If the sun's shining from the west, that means there's going to be a contract sign. Like, what are we talking about here? What's the holdup with J. Ron Curse, bro? I think for me, I think he he understands the value he had at this team. I think he's supremely confident in the fact that what he saw and what he played like last year wasn't an anomaly. And I think the Cowboys, much like they've treated every other contract over the last few years, is they're trying to beat you down negotiation-wise. It's like, well, you came here and you got in Dan Quinn's system and and you were really good because, you know, you're around a great coaching staff to put you in the right situation. So we think you should be here and this is the number we value that at and jaron curse is a prideful man because all these professional athletes they have a swagger about them then they didn't get to where they're at by being timid so this guy knows his value he knows his worth and if you know hey he knows he had a good situation here but if the but the money talks and the bs walks and he could be walking right out this door if we play funny with him you know and that's just really the situation i've heard is that he's just looking for respect i don't think he's trying to rob the bank here but at the same time we're not going to give him some little con and understand that this guy was, you know, a vocal leader. He was a uh, tone setter, and he's somebody that I think me and you both have wanted since day one on this team. We understood his value, and we're going to watch that walk out the door if they keep playing fun- funny with him. Yeah, it's funny that, you, you you know, speaking of playing funny, like we're, we're sitting here saying, like, we know the value, right? It's it's like the Cowboys fan base, and, and I, you know, this has been rumored, or not rumored, but at least – Gregory went out and said that we we're a toxic bunch of people, right? And as I think it's somewhat, there's some kind of relevance there because I look around and I see people putting numbers on these guys. Like, no, this is what I would pay. This is what I would pay. First of all, none of us are anybody to, to dictate what these men make, right? That Like they go out and they earn their stuff, right? There's nothing to take away from these guys. It's garbage when you say that they're, or they're overpaid or this and that. and We don't dictate that. But I will say this. It's almost as if the Cowboy fan, they get these these guys on these one-year deals, which, by the way, Washington, uh, Fowler, LVE, Luke Gifford, they're all coming back on one-year deals, right, which is very odd to me, to be honest with you. But it's like, now let's just say, let's pretend that James Washington absolutely balls this year, right? As wide receiver three or four, and he catches 10, 12 touchdowns, and he gets 800 yards, and he's like, wow, okay, we like the league knew he existed, but now he has arrived, right? When it comes to renegotiating that contract, it's almost like the Cowboys fans are mad that the guy excelled. Like, the, all of a sudden, we're in this mentality. We're like, oh, man, now we're going to have to pay him. What do you mean? Did you want him to suck? <laughs> Is that where we're at? <laughs> Yeah, when when these guys are demanding contracts, it's because they produced and and you know what I mean. This is a league that you're gonna get paid based off. It's what have you done for me lately? So if you're going out there and you're balling, the 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 price is not today's price is not yesterday's price for J. Ron Curse, and that's pretty much the bottom line. You can't just tell this guy, well, you were this before you got here, and now you're this. So hey, we're gonna pay you like that, and it's like no, you gotta understand. 
these guys, and I know some people get mad about Demarcus Lawrence saying, like, I got to pay for, you know, I got to feed my family. And, like, they're playing a violent. This isn't a collision sport. This the is league, a car their, crash their careers sport. careers are over, like, right. this. Get you know? every cent because these owners aren't leaving a penny on the table. And I am in the camp of these players should get every single dollar they could, whether it's here or somewhere else. Yeah, and you you say that, and I believe the uh, the 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 highly touted prospect out of Michigan who just blew his Achilles out, right? I mean, there you go. Like that's a, pr- a prime example of somebody who's about to cash in on the biggest rookie deal of his life, right? To go in there at a top five, top ten pick, and all of a sudden it's taken away, right? right. It's taken away within a, a blink of an eye. So don't sit there and pretend that you're allowed to dictate what these guys make and what they ask for. And stop almost rooting for these guys to fail because basically if they excel and they exceed expectations, then they're yes, then their value goes up. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you guys know this, but (laughs) that's how the league works. Once you do good, you make money. If you do bad, you do not make money. So that's I don't know. I don't know who needs to hear that or like or or just (laughs) it's just the mentality out there of just getting uh, hell bent. On saying like, oh, I would never pay him more than this. Oh, okay, cap man. Like, just get off your high horse for a second. Let these kids get paid what they're worth. So I'm not going to get any more into that. But I will get into what we saw happen today. And that's Lel Collins. Obviously, we knew we released him. We get the post-June 1st cut money. Tell me, tell me there's some kind of something to what am I missing as to why they just let this guy walk out the door for a, a, a money that they can't save for another what's today, March, April, May, June, three months. <laughs> they can't touch <laughs> those funds for three months. Why did we do this? It's the only thing that makes sense is that it's a, a soured relationship because it didn't make sense on the field. Right. You know, we may love Terrence Steele. You know, I think Terrence Steele is a great swing tackle. Do I think he's better than Lil Collins? He's not. He's not. I mean, the flat out truth is he's not better than Lil Collins. Um, the money cap savings to, to cut him pre June one cut was only one point three million dollars. So you designate a post June cut. And, you, and it ends up being over $10 million in savings. But like you said, it's for what? That's Ugats right now. That's nothing. Mm, so not for, for three months, it's nothing. So the only thing that you would sit there to say, we're going to take a right tackle who's a top 10 at his position when he's playing, you know, and obviously playing has been, you know, the key word with him in this instance. And you get rid of him for nothing. And then he goes to the AFC champs and he's going to go there and he's going to go protect the new wonder kid of the league. And, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that makes sense is that there was a falling out, whether it be with the head coach or, you know, within the ownership, whatever the case may be. To me, the only thing that makes sense is it's something off the field. And that's just kind of my hunch. I don't have any inside information on that, but nothing else makes sense on the field for me, for him to not at least be on this roster. We we look at these moves and, and like for Amari Cooper and Lyle Collins and things, guys that walk out the door and Randy Gregory. And it seems like there's like, always a fracture within the organization and and the player like is this turning into like high school man like is this turning like you know what i don't really like that guy he's not in our clique anymore you're done you know like that's not, <laughs> like dude when i like if you're playing if you're playing kickball in the schoolyard and you're you're in fifth grade right and you got the biggest bully kicking cleanup for you on your team you don't like this guy at all you think he's a piece of garbage but he can kick the ball over the fence you're gonna leave the kid on your team you know what I mean? Like you want to win the game. The Cowboys are turning things personal quick. And it's just like, dude, and, and getting nothing for him. They outright cut Collins. They got a fifth for Amari. They got, you know, they got nothing for Gregory other than a comp pick next year, which is probably going to be a third rounder. You know what I mean? So like, what exactly are you getting after, you know, making these moves? But now the bigger concern, you obviously let 
Collins walk, literally walk out the door, go sign with the AFC champs. Now you have Terrence Steele kind of plug and play there, but then like Connor Williams walks away. So right now you're Connor McGovern, I guess, at left guard. What are we doing with offensive line? Because you, me, and Aiden all agree that one of the biggest things they had to address this year because they're not getting any younger is offensive line. They have not signed one offensive lineman. Is this a draft play or is this we just missed out on a couple of the big names, so we're going to have to wait this out? It, it, it's looking like it has to be a draft play. And, you know, it, this offensive line was a struggle and, and something that we all had knew that had to be better this offseason. And you lost two starters from that. So, like, if you if you didn't like who was out there starting, you ain't going to like who was in there backing them up. So, you know, you get a little worse at right tackle. You get a little worse at left guard. You're going to have to draft, and you're going to have to draft well. But it creates a need. Now, now you're getting one, possibly two offensive linemen in the top 100 picks because those are the type of guys you need to cash in early and see if they can get some production and be on, your, be on the field making plays early and often. So um, I, I don't love the idea of, of creating needs here, especially when you have other places and other positions that need resources and money allocated to it. So protecting your big investment in Dak Prescott, I don't love it with some new faces up front, but you know, hopefully they can make it work in this draft class. Speaking of Dak Prescott, now that when he does take the ball under center or in shotgun or however he's got to do it, his receivers as it stands right now, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup coming off the ACL, which Gallup already went public saying that he doesn't want to miss any games. But, I mean, look, we all know ACLs. I've done it. Um, it's not fun. It's a long process. I know these guys are all world athletes and they're freaks when it comes to recovery times nowadays. And none of these things seem to be a death sentence. But, you know, what if he does miss a couple games? Then you got the newly acquired James Washington. We re-signed Noah Brown. And I guess you got Simi Fajoko. Because a lot of people are talking about Turner, but I think he's a free agent too. So now if you look at this wide receiver core as it stands right now, which I believe is five guys, and I mean, if I'm missing anybody, that means they're probably not of note. And it's not disrespecting anybody. It's just I, I can't remember them off the top of my head. But are you – I mean, is this the – to me, you know what I – and I made this reference the other day. I don't know who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody. I said this feels a lot like the Alan Hearns years where Alan Hearns was the big signing when Dez walked out the door, right? And he was the guy, and then we kind of pieced it all together and didn't have a true one. Now, look, there's nobody in this world more than me that wants uh, CeeDee Lamb to take that next step and be wide receiver one because I think if you're taking, if you're taking this guy at 17 or whatever it was, um, overall, you, you expect this guy to be your number one receiver. I don't think he's there yet. I think he's going to get there. But in the meantime, if you're trying to win now, are you winning now with this core right now? It's it's tough, man. You know, I I I think I want to give him the benefit of the doubt of the draft because I did say I think offensive line is going to be a top 100 pick, and I do think that wide receiver is going to be a top 100 pick. Now they're going to have to pair uh, CD with one of these, you know, first, second, or third round rookies, and Michael Gallup when he's back and ready to go. And you know, James Washington, I hope I hope he goes out there and kills it and makes us, you know, beg to sign him next year. But at the same time, he could be one of these, you know, one year deal type of guys, and then hey, appreciate your service, but um, as it stands now, we're like we say with some of these other positions, we're not better a wide receiver right now than we were last year. And that's a, and that's a tough pill to swallow in a league, in a conference, in a, in a like I said, in the whole NFL, everyone's trying to get better. And we seem to get worse at some key positions. Yeah, it, it's kind of it's it's scary and it's sad. And you want, you know, Dak Prescott to succeed here and you're taking away his line and his receivers. So it's like. What are we actually doing? Like, what he's not a magical man. You know, he's not a guy that can pull a rabbit out the hat every time. And I'm not trying to compare him like a, a Patrick Mahomes. 
I don't think you put Mahomes on this offense and he doesn't do as well. You know what I mean? So right. it's a scary theory and it's a scary look. So the draft is, is a couple months away. You know, the visits are going to be starting to schedule. The pro days are happening. And obviously all those rumors are going to start to flow as far as who Dallas will land uh, in the draft with the 24th pick. Um, if you had to guess right now on March the 20th, as we record this, the Cowboys at 24, we're going to say this like every week because it's going to change every week. Where do they go first in the first round? I, to me, it's like you said, it's going to be all about how the board lays, but I would not be shocked to see them take a, an interior offensive lineman, you know, a guard. I would love to see them take, you know, the kid from Boston college Johnson or um, one of these wide receivers fall because the wide receiver crew is uh, it's pretty deep. And I don't think 24 is a need, but like you mentioned, it could be a CD lamb situation where somebody's sitting there that you didn't expect. And it might be too good to pass up. And now we're looking at, okay, like we lose Amari Cooper, but we got a young core receivers that we feel good about for the next four or five years with under contract. So if you're telling me to pick, I'm going to lock it down. I'm, you, I think you could take it to the bank, take it to Vegas. It's going to be an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. Well, the offensive lineman is obviously not the the sexy pick, and nobody really wants to see an offensive lineman uh, go there. But I tell you right now, it's what's absolutely needed. Um, and like mm-hmm. you said, I'm in lockstep with you that if somebody falls there at wide receiver, that's when you you know strike there and, and hope you land another CD Lamb type, and 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 then we'll see what happens. But right. it's been an interesting week, man. It's been an absolutely uh, you know the, the Cowboys fans are are getting uh, rabid. They're getting they're getting bloodthirsty. Uh, they want something to happen of note that we thought we had that we were literally popping bottles when we re-signed Randy Gregory for that you know once upon a time story. And then <laughs> so, so sticking with him for a second, like you know today he comes out kind of lashes out at the Cowboys fan base. Um, you know, going back and forth on Twitter, you know, basically calling the Cowboys organization just an utter dis- just disarray, you know, and, and I don't know how else to summarize it without, you know, probably saying what he's trying to mean. But do you have confidence now going forward, man, like based off of what they've done and what they've shown you in a week of eligibility to do things? And that's, you know, bringing in Washington Fowler, bringing back some of the key parts, not all, um, you know, kind of dangling the. The, the cherry or whatever, the carrot in front of you when it's called Bobby Wagner. They've done all these things, and they haven't really put pen to paper with a lot of them. Do you have confidence in Steven and Jerry Jones to turn the tide in week two of free agency in this offseason? Well, I mean, as we know, you know as well as I do, this is their wheelhouse. I mean, I think we always wanted them to be involved in the first week in a, in a more uh, aggressive manner. But this is this is where they make their bread and butter in the second week of free agency. So if they come out here and they're not ag- at least aggressive with this second wave, then I'm going to be really nervous. But this is kind of what they wait for. I think now they're sitting up in attention, ready to sign some people because um, this is what history tells us. This is what they want to do. So um, it may not be the big, sexy pickups but there's going to be some guys like hopefully like jaron curse i mean jaron curse was taken around this time guys that they plug and play i mean i know keanu neal um moving back to safety he wasn't a real great experiment here i think i was a little high on him um you know he didn't really meet that expectation and he won't be here this year but yeah if, if we could be having a different conversation next sunday night as we record this and um hopefully there it could be three or four guys that they pick up that we feeling a little better about this roster now, I'm not one for bold predictions because I've been wrong more times than I've been right as far as bold predictions are concerned. But I think two things get done this week, and I think it's – it's, it's they, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be J. Ron Curse on some kind of three-year deal, four-year deal, some kind of longer term, none of this one-year deal. Because, look, if, if it was a one-year deal thing, it would have been done already. 
you know, it would have been done already. So I think that's what's the hold up here. They're trying to get a couple more years out of this thing. I think that gets done. And look, I got faith in Jerry to flex the muscle, like you said. I got faith in that. I got faith in the fact that Jerry Jones, he reads the headlines, or at least he has his assistant read his headline, or whatever the case may be. Somebody's in his ear saying, look, Jerry, this is what Twitter is saying about your son. You know, so it's time to step in as dad and take over. And I think he does that this week. And I think Bobby Wagner becomes a Dallas Cowboy. Now, again, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not going to say that. I'm like, oh, you know, nobody can attack me and be like, oh, I can't believe you said that. Like, it's just my bold. That's why they're called bold predictions. Doesn't mean there's any facts behind them. It's just, I think I got a feeling that the Cowboys are not going to just continue to let us like sit in this literal pile of crap <laughs> that we feel that the offseason is, off is as of right now. But I don't know. It remains to be seen. So we'll figure that out as time goes by. But of course, Thank you guys for listening this week. And of course, Aiden will be back next week. Hard to hear, uh, hard to do a podcast without Aiden, man. I didn't think it, I, I know me and you can carry it and that's fine. I'm not even worried <laughs> about something like that. But like when I'm, when I'm thinking about it, like, oh, if I only knew the numbers of this, I know Aiden would be like, bang, 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 and just rattle them all off. Uh, we need so our I, numbers guy. We need our numbers guy. And he is the numbers guy of the first and 10 podcast guys be sure to go subscribe to the blog and the boys podcast network and i got phenomenal lineup there's another podcast coming in right after us uh, a little bit later in the afternoon obviously you got uh the 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 750 with with uh, rj ochoa and tony casillas then you got tom uh tom riles out there doing his thing he's got a podcast. he's got 17 podcasts the, the girls <laughs> megan murray and uh megan murray and uh why well, can't i'm drawing a blank here kelsey kelsey, kelsey why that's that's oh man she hears that she's gonna DM me, like, you son of a gun. Uh, but they got a podcast going on. The Girls Talking Boys on Friday. They got the world's team. on. Uh, there's so much crap. I Listen, I cannot say it enough. The entire network is is buzzing through the offseason. So be sure to download, like, subscribe, do everything you guys got to do for a podcast network uh, for this to grow. So for Dave Sturchio, Tony Catalina, this has been another episode of the First and Ten podcast. And we'll see you guys next week, hopefully, with uh, Bobby Wagner, Dallas Cowboys. He laughs. <laughs>